is the Daddy Sharps Podcast. Welcome to episode 34. My name is Luke. And I'm John. We're just a couple of dads who like to make the sharpest bets we can. And we're just a couple of dads, John, who break down the fights that your buddies are too square to break down. Oh, the squares are going to need our help this week. We are ready to break down another UFC fight night at the Apex in Vegas. I still really like this card, even though, Luke, several fights canceled with very late notice. Let's hope that's it. Let's hope so. But I love the optimism. I love it. And I agree with you. The card has some great potential to make some money, some close odds. But before we get into it, we have to say, John, that the Daddy Sharps, well, we went two and one last week on best bets. That little streak going here, Luke. We will take it because we're keeping the winning streak alive. But we were robbed. Robbed, I say. We should have been three and one. Let's recap our picks from last week's UFC fight night. Robbed is right, John. I was ready to cash big time on the Silva-Kashweda fight. You know I've been talking about that for a long time. I convinced you to jump in with me on that. And this was a scheduled featherweight fight. And I made Silva my best bet as long as Priscilla Kashweda made weight. That was the caveat. And what happened? Uh, uh, I dove into a long speech about it. She ate ate too many McFlurries, my man. Oh, God, too many. Big, long speech about it. I went up and down and all around about Cashueta's lack of discipline. She can't make weight here and there, and it happened again. She didn't make weight, and the UFC canceled the fight. That is a Daddy Sharps no contest, I'm calling it. It is a Daddy Sharps no bet. Next, I picked Montel Quick Jackson to make quick work of Ronnie Yaya. I picked Jackson to finish in this one, and guess what he did? He knocked out Yaya in the first round with a perfect left cross on the chin. Lights out, and the Daddy Sharps are winners. It was a beautiful punch, my man. I went with the old striker, Brad Traveris versus the power puncher, Bruno Silva. I liked the striking ability of Brad. I thought maybe he could stay out of this dude's range, his big power. I was wrong. He got caught in round one. Traveris goes down. I lost this one in a heartbeat, but at Happens. least the pain didn't drag out, Mr. Luke. It was over rather quickly. <laughs> and then the other end, Blades versus Pavlovich. Most saw this fight as the striker versus the power puncher. What most failed to realize is that Sergey had his Greco-Roman singlet on since he was age five. Blades took one shot. Pavlovich had a beautiful sprawl. I believe that is the moment Blades said, ah, shit, I'm in big trouble here. I highlighted Blades as trouble with the elite power punchers in the division. He lost to Ganu twice and Derek Lewis. Sergey, now on that list, will never get Pavlovich again at plus 145. Next time we see him, he'll be fighting for the belt, my man. I think you're right. I was watching that, and you're right. I saw Blades, and I went, oh, no. Oh, it's it's over. Oh, no, my double leg. It's over. It's over. Perfectly stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Great recap. Hey, let's break down our best bets for this week, UFC Fight Night, again at the Apex. John, you're going to start us off. Who do you have? Oh, Mr. Luke. Not only do I love this fight at the middleweight division, I also happen to pick the best bet with the hardest names to pronounce. Borjo versus Olikseko. My best bet here, Borjo at minus 300. We got the classic striker versus the grappler here. 
Alexeko's wins are not the best of competition, including a knockout over, you know, my favorite opponent to see, smiling Sam Alvey, who smiled his way to the record books on one of the longest losing streaks in UFC history. Olexeko is new to the middleweights. He was fighting at 205. His power came with him, though. Usually you lose it when you drop the weight class. He's got two knockouts on the 185 level, which is where this is at. If Olexeko has a weakness, it's grapplers. The last two grapplers he fought, this guy gave up 11 takedowns. He's been submitted twice in nine UFC fights. Not very good against these guys. On the other side, we have Borjaio, who is a control time artist. This guy... Loves to fight on the mat. In three UFC fights, he has 25 minutes of control time, Luke. That is an eternity. Borohio likes to play with his food. Lots of decisions. Never really finishes, guys. Even on the lower levels where you see a lot more finishes from these UFC level guys. He plays with them. Takes him to the decision. Wins on the scorecard. That tells me he has a high fight IQ and good cardio my best bet here Borjaio makes his opponent fight from his back and easily controls this one from the opening bell to get the victory I couldn't agree with you more and I love your breakdown you've got me convinced and I hope if you're listening he's got you convinced as well too yes let's go I'm going with a welterweight prelim fight for my best bet Josh Bushido Quinlan versus Trey the truth Waters. Waters is a fill-in here after Anj Losa withdrew from this fight. That was another withdrawal. Luckily, they filled someone in, and I'm happy to take it. This is a UFC debut for Waters. He fought just 12 days ago in the LFA. He's got now a a 5-inch height and 5-inch reach advantage in this one. But he absorbs more strikes than he lands. His striking accuracy percentage is like 27. That's not great. He's won half his fights by submission. But Quinlan has a good takedown defense. Let's talk about Quinlan a little bit. His ratio of landed strikes versus strikes absorbed is sick, John. It's five to one. Oh, love it. He's primed for this fight. But... I'm like a broken record, and you're just going to have to hear me out. I want to talk a little bit about making weight here because it's fresh on my mind with the Cashueta fight from last week. I still can't believe that happened. He's going to get dominated. Look, Waters is going to make weight, no problem. He's never had an issue making weight. Quinlan won't have a problem either making weight, but let's dive into his last fight in his true weight class because I think there's something to be said about True weight class fighting here. There's a lot of pressure, I think, for guys and, and, and women to move up and down. Quinlan's listed everywhere as a true middleweight who cuts weight for welterweight fights. His last fight was moved, and instead of making both fighters cut weight for that one, they, they just made it a, a catchweight fight at 180. However, while his opponent, Josh Witt, took full advantage and weighed it at, at, at 179 and a half pounds, Quinlan, for that fight, a catchweight, Remember, all the way up to 180, he weighed in at 175. Quinlan, by the way, knocked out Witt. Knocked him out cold in the first round of that fight. But he's a fighter, I think, that fits perfectly between the welterweight and middleweight classes. That You don't see that a lot. And he will show up as strong, bulky as ever as a welterweight fighter can be. And he will destroy Waters. 
I mean, there's something to that, right? What do you think about someone who just kind of fits right in the middle or the struggles that fighters have making weight in between where they think they should be and where people want them to fight? What do you think? Yeah, it kind of tells me this guy's at his natural weight class. He's not cutting much to make it at 170 so but you were I, a wrestler you were a wrestler who had to he had to cut weight all the time right yes yes and the fact that wit still got knocked out and he got the extra poundage that means quinlan is very powerful this guy this guy can knock out up a weight class so it says a lot i think so too so we're gonna see that trey the truth waters is actually john fake news fake That's news right. And the real truth is that Josh Bushido Quinlan will win this fight easily. My best bet is Quinlan to win. It's a heck of a best bet too, Luke. Me and you just looked this up before the podcast. He's minus 185 against a guy that's on 12 days notice. That's Don't get nuts. it. Those are great odds. <laughs> yep, I would take it. Take it now. Luke, this next one, you broke my heart last week. You oh, broke my heart. Let's just say Simone versus Psalm. My best bet here, I'm going with Simone, minus 115. Last week, this fight was supposed to happen. It didn't happen. You were the one that broke the news to me when we were about to do the podcast. This fight had been rescheduled. That was the fight I was looking so forward to. And now I get it at better odds, my man. Good things. See, I told you. Good things come. (laughs) That's right. I told you it would all work out in the end. Yes, so money's coming in on Psalm here. Last week when the fight was scheduled to happen, Simone was minus 140. Then the line shifts to minus 135 when it opened up for this week. Now, today, Wednesday, minus 115. For me, I love Simone in this matchup. Originally, it was going to be a best bet for me last week, like we discussed. Then it got rescheduled. Definitely worthy of a headliner here. Psalm, Excellent striker with true power in his hands. This guy could drop an elephant with his punch. 25 years old and already 11 fights in the UFC. Took on Corey Sanhagen in the last one. Sanhagen had a great strategy. Tried to cut the face of Psalm with vicious elbows. He did it, and the fight was stopped by doctors in between rounds. Oh, but Sanhagen also tried to try to land a few a few takedowns here. He only did two of 14 on the takedowns. But remember, Sanhagen's not really known for his grappling prowess. <laughs> Sanhagen, though, afterwards would say this was the fastest guy he ever fought. It's a real pleasure to watch this guy in the ring. Fast hands, real pop on his shots. Simon Simone, on the other hand, perfect antidote to that. Tremendous wrestler. Simone also has quite the resume. Top grapplers, submission artists, rank strikers. He's fought them all. His strength of schedule is one of the very best in the weight class. He's got a couple of huge wins under his belt, too. Most recently over Jack Shore, a very solid fighter. He has all the makings of being a future champ. This guy's going to be a force in this weight class. Simone submitted him in the second round. And who could forget the win over the now number one contender, Marab? That's right. Simone submitted Marab. A little controversial. Came at the very end of the third round. Still, he did it. A real takedown machine. Simone, 24 takedowns in his last five fights, and they're all wins. For Psalm, this will be the toughest grappler he's ever faced by far. We already went into Stan Hagen and the stuffed takedowns, but... He's never fought a monster like Simone. My best bet here, Simone, minus 115. I love the odds. I do too, and I just don't understand that minus 115. It doesn't feel right, does it? No, but uh, 
Saul's the type of fighter, as you know, when you watch this guy, he's very, very entertaining. And I think the public is buying him up. Uh, Simone fights a takedown style, not really a finisher per se. I think a lot of people are betting with their hearts, not their heads on this one. Yeah, I, it must be because I, I agree with you. That's a great best bet. And I think you should run with that all the way to the bank. We're in. We're in. All right, man. My next best bet. We've got a prelim flyweight fight between Cody Durden and Charles Energy Johnson. Johnson, face, slight favorite in this one, minus 145 or fluctuating around there. Look, these fighters look pretty even on paper. They're the same age. Like Durden is 14-4-1, 3-2-1 in the UFC, a member of American Top Team Atlanta, by the I way. I like that team. I know you do. Johnson is 13 and 4, 2 and 2 in the UFC, coming off a split decision loss in a fight. I picked him to win against Ode Osborne. Remember that one? Yes. Yeah, I do too. Uh, <laughs> and I quote John from hmm. former President George Bush. Not often we quote presidents here, former yes. ones anyway. Fool me once, shame on you, John. Fool hmm. me twice. Look, look, the point is you can't get fooled. <laughs> You just can't get fooled, right? Can't, can't get it. <laughs> can't get fooled. And it ain't going to happen to me again. I can tell you that. I'm looking at Durden to win this fight. Johnson lands slightly more strikes per minute with a striking accuracy of 53%. However, Durden absorbs fewer strikes per minute and his striking defense is better. Durden is a better takedown artist by far. He averages more than four takedowns per minute compared to Johnson's point. Three, he has five wins by submission. In the end, Durden will get takedowns and will control a lot of this fight from the mat, wasting time until the final round. I wouldn't be surprised. This is another split decision loss for Johnson. His energy <laughs> won't help him. And he's fooling no one this time around. No one is fooled. And I ain't going to get fooled again. My best bet is Cody Durden to win. So, John, that all said, and I love our best bets. I'm going with every one of yours. I hope I convinced yes, you. I'm in. Let's take a deeper dive into other fights we like on this card. Luke, Luke, Luke. Before we get there, okay, I got to interrupt. I got to interrupt. We got to we got to talk about the bad juju surrounding this card. I attempt to give you the quickest recap in UFC history. Dun 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 dun. Moicano versus Sarukian. To headline the card, Moicano gets hurt, fight scrapped. Psalm versus Simone moved from last week's card to headline this week's card. Knockout artist Quinlan set to take on Lusa, a fighter with an iron jaw who never gets knocked out versus a guy that knocks everybody out. Lusa withdraws. Israeli sensation Levy set to fight Rodriguez, a welterweight dropping the middleweight for the first time. You know, it's only a 20-pound difference. No big deal. It would have been awesome. Rodriguez gets sick and the fight is off. Old veteran Brian Keller, who at age 35, is falling apart quickly inside the cage, suffering back-to-back -back round one submissions, withdraws from fighting Newsom. So, to recap, this leaves the card with a backup headliner, two very short-notice alter alternates, two canceled fights, two unranked heavyweight fights that, quite frankly, are hard to handicap. Vegas is licking their chops, my man. They, they are, and, and minus the Huskies, the, the heavyweights there. <laughs> yes. uh, what, what are you trying to say here, sir? Who wins? Ooh, 
if you do your research, we could very well win. Sharps win. That's what I'm yes. saying. Let's look at the other side of that coin. I think you're right. Vegas is, you know, I, I think that, and, and maybe that explains why the odds are what they are because they're playing it safe here and there. But you and I are looking at some fights thinking, huh, we're going to lose. We're going to yes. win a lot. We're going to yes. win a ton here. Quinlan's had six weeks to prepare for a fight. He's fighting against the guy on 12 days notice. Unbelievable. Don't fool me twice. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. For the deep dive into the other fights that we kind of like, kind we kind of don't, or at least we have some opinions about. We're going to start with a women's bantamweight prelim fight. We got Haley All Hail Cowan versus Jamie Lynn Horth. Horth, a slight favorite in this one. And I'm going to save you from wasting your time here, John. <laughs> Absolutely no information on. No. Uh, uh, a lot of these fighters. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go to the next one. We're gonna go to the next. Okay, one. let's go. And, let's go. And, and next up, we've got a women's prelim bantamweight fight. Stephanie Egger, a pretty good, solid favorite over Irina, the Russian Ronda, Alexeva. Mm. Alexeva mm. has had one fight in Bellator, and that was a year and a half ago. She won oh, by boy. decision. I don't know if that matters or not, but we're talking UFC here. But Egger. Fighting out of Switzerland is three and two in the UFC. She is a judo specialist with four wins by submission. Currently 26th in the featherweight world rankings. John, I love the nod to Ronda Ronda Rousey here. I really do. But the Russian Ronda is no American Ronda. No. I'm a heavy lean on Egger to finish here. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts here? Are are you coming in with me on Egger? I know it's it's like minus 320 right now. Do like Egger. I do like Egger, my man. She's kind of been built as maybe an up-and-coming next big thing. I like her fight style. I like the way she can control the octagon. I'm with you on Egger, my man. Yeah, bantamweight division, pretty important right now in UFC for women as well. All right. On to what I think will be the ugliest and the most (laughs) sloppy fight of the night. Yes. The husky, I mean the heavyweight prelim (laughs) fight. Come on. Martin Batty's Buddha Boudet. Yeah, I, I didn't even look up how I, I apologize. <laughs> I, I don't even know. care. I think we know where our money's at on this fight. Yeah, well, we, got, we got Jake the prototype collier, who is minus 120 in this fight. Boudet is like minus 110 at my book. So either way, you're paying the vig and the juice. And in my mind, you just stay away, right? You know, Collier has fought on the UFC for quite a while. Here we go. Come on. This come guy, on. this guy, up. this guy used to used to weigh 185 pounds, my man. He was fighting there. Now he's fighting heavyweight. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm gonna stay off this fight. Not even gonna touch it. Yeah, it's scary when you see the side by sides too. It's like, oh, there's the guy, and then there's him after a lot of pizzas. I just don't, you know. <laughs> but still an athlete. <laughs> is that me? Who is, who is that? Who is that? Can't do it. <laughs> Look, I, I, I would just like to mention that Jake, the prototype is as you kind of mentioned he is six foot three and now he's more than 260 i think prototype is you know i don't know if he (laughs) he understood maybe back in the day he was prototypical uh you know coming off of two losses against chris barnett he lost a decision against andre arlovsky yes uh there's a great case to be made that he won uh that fight I, i went back and watched it as well but a lot of people think that he had more strikes with more impact And if you factor that in that that he gets that uh, that decision but um he also might be a desperate for a win here as well, coming off of two losses. But uh, on the other side, this guy is, uh, you know, Boudet is just 2-0 in the UFC. So experience not on his side. Um, 
Yeah, forget it. Um, look, he he KO'd uh, he he KO'd uh, Barnett KO'd Collier, and and this guy beat Chris Barnett. But I, you know, still, I I think I think the winning move is to maybe lean a little bit toward Jake the prototype Collier, but more than likely, if you're really smart and and you're not drinking and you're sober and you're <laughs> and you're up at there at the uh, at the gate. Just turn around and walk away and, and don't bet that one. All no, right. no, stay away. <laughs> all right, my man, we're going to move on to the main card now. Because of all the cancellations, we're getting to the main card pretty quickly in this podcast. We've got Marcos Pizau. Rogero de Lima is a slight favorite versus Waldo Salsa Boy, Cortez Acosta, John Pizau. I looked it up. As far as I can tell, means Bigfoot. So we've got the Brazilian Bigfoot versus the Dominican Salsa Boy. DeLima. You're talking about prototype. DeLima looks like the prototype here, sir. This guy, yeah, he 37 years old, and he looks like a middleweight and a heavyweight body, man. This guy's ginormous. Just great big dude. Uh, but get this, Luke. I saw the Salsa Boy on the Contender Series. They were talking about him. This dude used to be a baseball player, but kept getting into fights. So he traded in home runs for knockouts, I guess. This fight, I lean DeLima. He has the experience, the resume on his side. Acosta hasn't really beaten anyone in the UFC. And his knockout power, quite impressive in the smaller leagues, hasn't translated to the UFC. He has decision wins over some pretty low-level guys on the heavyweights. I'm going with DeLima, even there, though he's 37 years old. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I You know, I, I thought about that too. But, you know, uh, Bigfoot is the more experienced fighter by far. He, he's a more well-rounded fighter as well. Uh, American top team. Yeah, I love American that team. top team. Yes. Good strike numbers, 13 wins by knockout. He's the better grappler as well as far as the numbers in this fight. He's coming off a, a win by submission against Arlovsky. Uh, that was last mm-hmm. October. Salsa Boy, 9-0. and hey, That's impressive, but 2-0 mm-hmm. and in the UFC. So, you know, he, he's going to want it to be a slugfest, I, I imagine. Just we, yep. we both stand up and, and duke it out, which is I think is dangerous for him, as you just kind of mentioned, you alluded to. Uh, yep. I think going to the mat is kind of dangerous for him. Not too. good here. No. <laughs> I'm leaning toward the Bigfoot over Salsa Boy as well. Bigfoot lives. Bigfoot is alive and well. And so is our next fight oh, on the main card. Goodness. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of featherweights. We've got Julian Juicy J. Arosa, slight favorite over Fernando. El Valiente Padilla. John, who do you like? Luke, I got to tell you straight up. Okay. Me and Juicy J have a relationship. Oh. I got to be honest with you and, and the listeners here. Arosa might be the toughest fighter for me in the UFC. Going back over the many years that I have been betting on the UFC, he is my number one guy for most money lost on. <laughs> Betting for or against him. Either way, I lose money on this guy. You look at his fights. He beats a tall striker and great boxer in Sean Woodson and then loses to a run-of-the-mill striker the very next fight out. He'll choke out striker and -and up-and-coming guy, Air Jordan, but then lose to Wu Choi, who is currently riding a three-fight losing streak. So today I look at this fight and I say... There's no way Juicy J is going to lose this fight. He's easily going to win. He's got the experience. He's got the resume. But then again, I don't think I've ever won (laughs) betting on this guy somehow, some way. (laughs) 
the Juicy J. Yes. Fighting out of Yakima, Washington, my man, just down the road from Seattle. Seven yes. years older than Padilla, so he's got the experience. Fighting for extreme couture. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. He's got the backing. He's got the experience in the gym. He was on a three-fight win streak before getting knocked out, however, by Alex Gacheras back in December. Still, this is the one where I just don't get. I understand <laughs> yes. what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But if you look at the like the numbers and what it should be, I just don't get it. This is Padilla's UFC debut against a veteran guy who wants to show Dana White that he belongs in the UFC with a 6-6 six and six record. Keep me. Keep me. I know I'm 6-6. Six and six. I'm not <laughs> making you money, but keep me. Come on. Yes. Padilla's nickname is Valiente, which means brave in Spanish. Mm. Padilla mm. is going to be needing all the bravery <laughs> than he can muster in this one. Yes. I'm leaning toward my fellow Washingtonian, Juicy J, to win over Padilla. But I hear you. I, you know, maybe, maybe what you do is you don't, you know, it's not a decision for you. Maybe you just, you know, it, he's going to submit him or he's going to. Just put a little, put a little money on that, and maybe. So, in other words, maybe it's not Padilla that's going to win, but maybe you're just betting it wrong. Don't bet him to win. Bet him, you know, bet him some other way, and it's gonna your dreams will come true. That's what I'm saying. Now I bet him all different ways, and I I lose every time. <laughs> I bet him to win, and he loses. I bet him to lose, and he wins. So are you staying off that? Are you staying off that one? Have to. I'm I'm officially breaking up with Juicy J. Oh. That's a, it's a sad day. It's a sad day for the Daddy Sharps. I feel really bad. I'll tell out. you what. i tell you what. When I win, if I put a little bit on there, because this is just a lean right now. This is not an official best bet. I will I will share a little bit with you. I'll sprinkle a little bit your way. I'll, <laughs> I'll... Do you do you want me to go on the Juicy J with you? No. Or not... will it will it put bad juju on an already bad juju card? <laughs> yeah, I, I, re- I really kind of want you to just stay away. Stay away, stay away. All right. <laughs> All right, finally, we've got a middleweight fight on the main card. We've got Rodolfo, the black belt hunter, Vieira. Pretty good favorite here, minus 250 versus Cody Brundage. We both like this fight. Yes, Vieira. First of all, this guy's got an excellent an excellent name, the black belt hunter, sir. Love it. Uh, an interesting side note here. This is the second time this fight has been scheduled. The first time Vieira withdrew. We have the world-class grappler here in Vieira, a living legend, regarded as one of the best jiu-jitsu competitors in the world, among a ton of other trophies in his basement. He's also the four-time world champion jiu-jitsu. That being said, he was choked out in 2021 under UFC by a guy that's not really known for chokeouts. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It happens. That factors into why I like him so much in this bet. Pay attention to the weigh-ins on this. Brundage tried his hand at 205, took losses. That tells me the weight cut's too tough for him, and he tried to avoid it by going up a weight class. My best bet here has a little sweetener to it. I like Vieira by finish. He wants wants a big showing. He was embarrassed still. It was only like three fights ago by being submitted on the UFC level. And I think Brundage is just a guy to provide him a finish. I like Vieira by finish here. Interesting. You know, Brundage is a Muay Thai fighter mm-hmm. out of Factory X in your neck of the woods in Colorado. He should have the he should have the stamina. He should. And I think he 
loses this fight absolutely mm. Vieira is the grappling master you said it best seven wins by submission in all i like the black belt hunter to win because not only does he have the skills but you also said this john he has got the nickname to go with it we're hunting we are on the hunt wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute wait a whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. oh oh you hear something what is that? Can you hear that? What What is that? Can you hear the rolling thunder from 80 hooves slamming and cutting and ripping at the dirt, John, as they race faster than 35 miles per hour in the most exciting two minutes in sports? Can you hear that? Luke, that sounds like the Kentucky Derby. Get your hats out. The Daddy Sharps are going to break down the Derby and maybe some of the other races that week. We've been digging deep into the horses, the jockeys, the trainers, the owners, and we will give you all our best bets next week before the races. So stay tuned for that. You know, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I really am. Uh, it's like an excuse next week to just kind of like sip on a mint julep uh, while we do the podcast. I, I think maybe yes. I'm excited about that as well. I'm going to wear a hat during the podcast. Ooh, nice. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Nice. We should just go all in. I like all it. In. Dressed yeah. up. Everyone loves the Kentucky Derby. It is the greatest two minutes in sports. And it's, it's going to be a fantastic one this year. And I can't wait to break that down with you. I am ready, sir. But right now, we've got a little business to uh, settle. It's time for our recap of our best bets for this week's UFC Fight Night. My best bets, Borjaio, a minus 300, and Simone, minus 115. I finally get the bet on this fight that I've been waiting for. Yeah, you've been waiting a long time. You were crushed when I had to break oh. the news to you in the last minute. Uh, I don't see that fight anywhere in my book because <laughs> it's been canceled. Sorry. Crushed. Kind of a, yes, I was. I love Quinlan to win over Trey the Truth villain fighter who will never see the freight train that's about to hit him waters that's the nickname i just gave him a new nickname <laughs> quinlan will win my other best bet is cody durden to win over charles energy johnson mm. john that's gonna do it for the daddy shops podcast this week remember always gamble responsibly everyone and within your means and the bets we share are based on our own research we don't always win and be sure to check us out on social media. Look for Daddy Sharps on Facebook and at Daddy Sharps on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to be back next week with all our best bets and much more, including them horses. Them horses. And I hear that thunder as I ask you, John, who is your daddy? We are. That's right, we are. Stay sharp, everyone.